Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. Happy birthday to the Lady Gang. Join the Hollywood Girl Posse as they kick off the new year with their 200th episode as they do what they do best, spill the tea on the hottest gossip with some great guests. Check out Lady Gang every Tuesday and Thursday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a Golden Globe-winning film, hopefully Oscars to come. Yes. The countdown begins right now, uh, and the countdown also begins for freaking Captain Marvel. We got a new trailer, we got new posters, we got tons of interviews, the floodgates are open, Captain Marvel is coming, I am so excited. It is officially Captain Marvel season, mm-hmm. all of the interviews, all of the news, all of the trailers, all of the new year, <laughs> and speaking of new year, welcome back, Amy Dolan. Missed you all, uh, hope everybody's breaks were great, well done on the show last week. Uh, thank you very much, we talked Runaways in all of its glory, it is so much superhero content this year that we actually can't possibly cover it all, but we're going to try and joining us to try is the one and only trevor steins hello my thank you 
Hello, Internet. My hair is overly long, just like my nerd rants. Let's go. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Is it a Samson thing? If you cut the hair, you have to, like, confine, you lose your powers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he loses his nerd knowledge. Yeah. He cuts the hair and he's like, I can't, what's I, the Spider-Man? I store all my comic book trivia in my hair. So, like, let, yeah. So every time he's on the show, it gets a little longer. Exactly. Yeah, full yeah. of secrets. Yeah. So speaking of Spider-Man knowledge, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was not just full of Spider-Man knowledge, uh. it was full of art and integrity and intelligence and glory and that, my oh. friends, is why it's a Golden Globe winning film beating out Pixar, beating out DreamWorks, hopefully setting itself for an incredible Oscar race to the finish line. I hope this is much like Beauty and the Beast and it actually gets some best picture contention because, man, I think it deserves it. What did you guys think about the Golden Globe win? I, I'm thrilled. Obviously, the Globes are always sort of an unpredictable process, um, <laughs> but I'm never mad to see a film that I friggin' treasure take home that kind of positive attention. Uh, that, like the fact that they they got up there and in their speech they thanked Lee Ditko, Bendis, yeah. and Pacelli. Oh, yeah. uh, it was a beautiful moment. It's uh, it's been so amazing to watch this film be received like wider and wider and wider. Uh, and I do hope that it presages better and more attention for the film because it's it's truly extraordinary. And I love that we heard those names on the Golden Globe stage. I never That's thought Razor Lee, Ditko, Bendis, Pacelli on a Golden Globe insane stage. Insane to hear like comic book writers that like I've been reading my entire life mentioned on stage at the Golden Globes. <laughs> that was yeah, wild. Now That's we, awesome. you and I have texted quite a bit about this movie yeah, because yeah. we we haven't had people to have you on the show since it came out. <laughs> so scheduling wise, now that you've seen it, now that you're here. Sir. Guys. <laughs> this is the moment we've waited weeks I, for. I'm such a... I mean, I'm, I'm a sensitive little boy, okay? <laughs> I was... Like, I was so emotional watching this movie. I cried no less than five times. <laughs> for my money, the second time you watch it is the worst. You cry really? more. You cry more really? the second time because you know what's coming. Oh, my god! And your gosh. eyes are adjusted to the animation so you can yeah. cry more freely. Yeah. Are we... Do we spoiler... Are we spoiling? It's or? been a few weeks. Mm -hmm. No. If we can, if we wave our arms and if we put the bug yeah, up. Wiggly uh, arms. Wiggly arms okay. means... Okay. Spoiler We're going to spoil up. some stuff. Because, like... <laughs> I it hit me like super hard when when like when Peter Parker dies, <laughs> um, and I was like already crying. And then Stanley's cameo comes in. It's and the his, best cameo. And he's his ever done. first yeah. line is, "I'm gonna miss him." I was I was like sitting in between two strangers, just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, and just for the rest of the film, I was just, like, leaking <laughs> the entire time. It was gorgeous. I, oh, God, guys, I loved it. Now, this is a movie whose message is everyone can wear the mask. Are we still uh, spoilers? I, I, I think still, still spoilers. Okay, cool, still, cool. Yeah, we're still, yeah. still living in the zone just for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and I really appreciate the fact that that carried over into the award speeches, and it carried over into every moment of the Golden Globes representation of it, because there's so much in that movie that you need to be able to access, like, the spoiler talk. You need to have seen the movie yeah. to really appreciate all of the in-depth stuff in it. Like, the character character design reinventing characters. Doc Ock, this is why I wanted the spoilers to stay up. Doc Ock being an entirely new Doc Ock and then making a joke like, I need to analyze my biases and like running through. That was so funny. Moments like uh, that, I think are, are things that make this a Golden Globe worthy film and yeah. an Oscar worthy film because it isn't just a superhero film. It's so much more than that. And these movies aren't just blockbusters anymore. They're so much more than that. And we're finally being accepted as this being literature, as this being a zeitgeist shift, and I think this is a, a movement that's going to. We're going to look back to 2018. I've said it all. I said it all year. We're going to look back to 2018 as a change in animation, a change in video games, a change in the way this world is perceived, and we're starting to see it in real time. Yeah, 100. percent I uh, I think we can lift the spoiler thing now. Yeah. Um, 
It was very yeah. brief. But, uh, it's very I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I had to say no, it. no, 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 no. It's it is one of my favorite pieces of art to come out in years, and it is mm-hmm. a thrill to see it being acknowledged and recognized in that way. And it's I think that like. It's doing well on, like, an animated movie scale, money-wise, I think. Yeah. I, it seems to have made them happy enough to be greenlighting lots of sequels and talking about maybe even TV and just going in every different direction. Um, and obviously, I hope they can always keep that core of storytelling quality um, that, they, that Amy Pascal uh, alluded to in an interview last fall. It, they, it got reported as if she was, like, apologizing for other films. When you looked at the actual quote, she was sort of saying, this was a good reminder of what really matters about making a Spider-Man movie. And I think that that's perfectly put, because it, it really is. There is an incredible story core to this character mm. that combined with the mythology, combined with the expressive action, combined with the artistic possibilities, uh, makes it uh, really, really wonderful. I feel like Lord and Miller can do no wrong. I agree. You know, like, I don't think they've ever put out a product that I didn't love. You know, even, Shout out Clone High! Yeah, even, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which, like, skewed younger. If you oh, watch it, so it's still incredible. great. Yeah. And the Clone High reference in Spider-Verse, Clone <laughs> College. Uh, there, there's so much in this movie, and it's so dense. And what I like about yeah. it, and why I think it's going to have legs in the box offices, it's so rewatchable. I've seen this in theaters more times than most movies, much less most animated movies. And I think that if it gets the Academy Award love, it should, then it'll be a great opportunity for them to re-release it wider. And well, then and you referenced yeah. Beauty and the Beast, which was a, 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 an animated film. The, the animated Beauty the Beast got nominated for Best Picture, and it's mm-hmm. widely considered one of the reasons that eventually they split off an animated series category is right. that they realized there should be, like, you know, hopefully not in the we're embarrassed an animated film got nominated way, uh, but in the, like, oh, right, people are making really amazing art that we should acknowledge here. So I don't know whether we're likely to see a crossover be up for both animated and Best Picture. I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, either way, I'm glad that that category of, rep- of recognition exists, and uh, I will have my money on or my heart money on Spider-Verse? Yeah. Which is the one where you're rooting, and not yeah, that you the think it's like I like the heart money. money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, as far as the Golden Globes go, I, I feel like I wasn't surprised, as surprised as a lot of people. When I saw, like, the news break online, um, people were like, oh, my, like, huge shock, like, it's great. And people were, like, really happy for the film. Um, but considering how much, like, critical praise it's been getting, I wasn't honestly as surprised as, as a lot of people were for that it won. Um, because as much as, like, I love... The Incredibles, and I love Wreck-It Ralph. Um, those are two of my favorite, some of my favorite animated films, actually. And uh, But, uh, like, Spider-Verse was just something else for me, man. So. And, and a I great year in animation. Between, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, because Spider-Man just had a pretty amazing year. Between oh, yeah. the games, oh this movie, and uh, us all being excited for Homecoming, I, <laughs> well, okay, Peter Parker had an up-and-down year. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was interesting. You he probably saw the... the <laughs> I know. It, the Kevin Feige quote, uh, he was stopped and talked to, I think, MTV News on the Golden Globes carpet, and they got some good uh, conversation with him about what's coming up. And I thought it was very interesting. There was a point where they were asking him about the Fox rights coming home, mm-hmm. um, about the event, the X-Men and Fantastic Four stuff. And, they're, you know, that's probably coming in the next six months. They'll know for sure. They'll have it all in their hands. And he said... It, that it's very exciting because it is, I think he said, at this point, as close as we may ever get to all the rights being at home. Hmm. And it was interesting because he was at the Golden Globes to represent Spider-Verse, or possibly also because Black Panther was nominated. I'm not sure um, what reasons he was there for. But he was talking about Spider-Verse, and it was an interesting moment to me because I was like, oh, that's an interesting acknowledgement where he's like... the 
It's probably staying at Sony. They've made a whole lot of money. Uh, <laughs> Venom yeah. is enough money for them to yeah. keep those rights. Just Venom. That's and it also had the rest. And, like, at this at this point, it, it's hard to even be mad about it because I want this. But we got our cake and eat it, too, because Tom Holland's on loan. I love yeah. that we have this Marvel-Sony handshake agreement so we can have these separate movies. Yeah. And I get all the guff some deserved for loving Venom, but it really shows that if everything's from one studio, we get less movies, we get less risk, we get less chances. Marvel's never going to make a movie like Venom. Love Venom or hate Venom, you can't deny that is not a Marvel film. And that might be why you love or hate it, but that in itself is a beautiful opportunity to look at the creativity that other people can see these mediums in. I don't know that Marvel would have made Spider-Verse because it might have competed with something else of theirs. Yeah, I have to say that like I I was ecstatic when like the news broke that they were laid brokered a deal to like bring Spider-Man into the MCU. And I really, really like I hope and pray that they extend that deal. Yeah. Because I, I don't want an MCU without Spider-Man, mm. you know. Now that we've had it. Now that we've had it, you know. But if they keep making movies with like this, <laughs> I I would I want Sony to like still have a hand. Like yeah. their animation studio, like putting out a product like this is spectacular, you know? Also to fly a slightly different nerd flag of mine, uh, if you are at all a musicals fan, you may have noticed that Lynn Manuel mm-hmm. Miranda, author of Hamilton, is currently <laughs> obsessed with Spider-Verse. I, I saw you tweet that thing. He was like singing along and he was getting dressed. Close, yes. And I was like, I feel that. I feel that. He is all of us, only a genius. And Peter Ramsey tweeted it. He's going Spider-Hamilton. And I was like, yes, Spider-Ham puns. That's so funny. I didn't see that. We live in a future where ben Spider-Ham puns like, what land. is happening? Uh, so speaking of what is happening, and speaking of Marvel movies, it's freaking here! <laughs> Monday night we got a new trailer in the middle of a very important football game of some kind. <laughs> looks to us, looks to Coy and Trevor. Uh, it was the national championship in the Clemson. Then if Clemson it wasn't a Seahawks game, I didn't watch it. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Pats game, so I wasn't there. Uh, but in the middle of that national championship, we got uh, both a behind-the-scenes featurette and a brand-new trailer for Captain Marvel. And somehow, that the same day, tickets went on sale on Fandango, and all of the floodgates have opened, and the coverage is coming out. Collider's own Perry Nemiroff apparently did a ton of interviews, but I didn't even, like, I... When I leave this room, I'm going to be like, Perry, what the heck? Yeah. You went to the set? I, I was reading her interviews going like, wait, I see her every week. Yeah. How what are you, you holding this in? You're like, P-Nemi, let's talk. Yes. Right. Uh, let's have this conversation. <laughs> um, so we're getting all kinds of new information from those uh, interviews, from that behind-the-scenes stuff. So if you are dodging spoilers, begin the dodging. You have two months until this movie comes out. Uh, but if you're not dodging spoilers... Get on out there because we're learning an awful lot about how this movie is going to go and uh, getting even more excited. Yeah, oh, very much. I mean, the most important thing that happened that day, hashtag Goose the Cat is an emoji. It is. You can use hashtag Goose the Cat, and there is a small orange cat emoji, which looks just like my son, Spidey Cat. Very Aww. important to me. And shout out to the artist 100 Soft, who I think is the the Twitter the person on Twitter who's been making all of these adorable emojis for oh, these big projects. Oh, like, cool. you can go follow. Uh, they seem really cool. But, yeah. yeah. And it also, the, the what's the tagline? Higher, faster. Uh, the tagline's really great, and that's also higher, another. Higher, further, faster. Yes. The, that's in also the comics, it's higher, further, faster, more. So it always feels incomplete to me when I only do the first three. But it's great. Higher, further, faster. Captain Marvel. That's really cool. Now, what do yeah. you guys think of the trailer itself? Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I am one of those spoiler dodgers, so I have not watched it. <laughs> Protect seen, him. Yeah, I've seen the first couple trailers, um, but from you know like highlights I saw talked about online, uh, it just sounds like Captain Marvel shaping up to be my kind of superhero film. I mean, every superhero film is my kind of superhero film, but <laughs> you know, like like scrolls are one of my favorite like uh, comic book. I guess villain entities mm. um, like Super Scroll is actually like just a 
a niche favorite villain of mine. Oh. And I know we don't have the Fantastic Force, but uh, or the Fantastic Four, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping we get like a little bit of an illusion or something down the line with the scrolls, uh, with Super Scroll. There's a line in the trailer that might function as a backwards illusion, but I won't. Spoil okay. It for you. All right. All right. Uh, I'm here. But um, but yeah, the movie looks amazing. I I'm in love with these posters that are sitting behind me. Yes. Like these I just are think, also new. I think this one. Um, with the star behind her and uh, her flying is just one of the best MCU posters out. It's amazing. I'm really excited for this film. Everything they post about it, all these Mondo-style posters, this classic-style poster, everything really leans into the artistry of comic films. Yeah. And I love that they're not cutting corners. Everything feels important and big and bold. And I agree. This is some of the best work they've done. Yeah. It's funny because the movie has a tough task in front of it in some ways. They're doing... A self-contained prequel film where they need you to fall in love with the events of this film, but also not forget the wider context. They're clearly using the strategy of getting us on board by grounding us in familiar MCU elements. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the film will live or die on whether they make us fall in love with our main character. Um, But uh, I feel like we're in good hands. Oh, I was just going to say, something else that I am really interested in seeing uh, how it affects performance, if it does at all, um, is, as far as I can recall this is the first mcu film that's taking place um at a different point in the in the like, timeline of the mcu not right? a flashback it's entirety yeah. Yeah. and not the like film... a minor six months earlier two years later kind of right deal. it's yeah. not like ant-man where they have the flashback to world war ii i mean obviously captain <laughs> captain america took place during world war ii but you know what i mean it's like we've established a timeline of the of events and then we're like hey we're gonna take a trip back to the 90s um, and and see how it goes. That's really interesting to me, and I'm I'm really excited to see because it'll be like sort of like Guardians, where it's separate from everything mm-hmm. but still connected. I think it's going to help it. I think it's really going to show yeah, that nostalgia so flavor, where like just the blockbuster in the trailer, the first trailer, <laughs> it was like oh. And I think that's really going to exactly. help sell the movie as this piece of something that makes you feel familiar. Like Shane Black always sets his movies at Christmas because it yeah. associates you with a time that you feel warm and pleasant, mm-hmm. so you automatically like the characters faster. I think it's a brilliant thing to do. So Shane Black's using Christmas is very similar to me of this using the 90s because we all just lived that. Most of us just lived that. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to dive into the blockbusters of the world in that time period. But what I think is interesting, and I don't know, and someone tweeted me this, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, but at the end of Iron Man was when they decided that S.H.I.E.L.D. was called S.H.I.E.L.D. because it was that special blah, 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 yeah. blah. And then in this trailer, she puts on a hat, and she's like, S.H.I.E.L.D., you wear the logo on the hat. We're already having continuity issues no, in the trailer. That's, that's so comic booky. And yeah. We're com- all used to it. Every it's, time you put a prequel in, you start forcing cracks in things. It's not the first time, though, because uh, I think even in Captain America, which takes place in World War II, they referred to it as S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in Ant-Man as well, with that flashback I talked about. And, and trust me, as somebody who loved... Like, when I was, I don't know, 12 watching Iron Man, um, I'm a baby. Uh, <laughs> I almost just did the math. Like, yep, yeah, no, that's real. When I was like, and, and Coulson's like, just call a shield. I was like, it's <gasps> <laughs> 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 a thing. Um, so it, that was like one of the things that bugs me the most. But MCU is pr- usually pretty good at like keeping their continuity connected or, yeah. or intact. And that's like the one thing that's like really I stuck out to me. I, I agree. I think it's worth the moment to have Coulson say that. It's worth it for all of us. And it is very comic booky. There's no such thing as continuity in comics. Ask the X-Men. It's just, it's just not an option. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with it. I just wanted to point out that like everything, we acknowledge there are faults. We Which acknowledge the there movie are... acronym? Is it Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division? Yeah. Yes. I think. Iron Man, I think. Yeah, the yeah. first one. Uh, but then it lands with S.H.I.E.L.D., so it's worth the moment. Yeah. But it's definitely interesting, now that we've lived this for 10 years, that there have to be moments that you have to retcon a little bit. Acceptable headcanon. 
Colson was just a stickler for not using acronyms. He just like didn't. He like really liked the full name, so he would always say it. But then he just got bored. He got like annoyed by the end of Iron Man. He's like, just just call shield. It's fine. No prize. You get a no prize for fixing the apparent continuity error. Boom. Enough said. Google that. So, uh, anything else you want to say about Captain Marvel before we run on to minor mutations? I mean, so much. Yeah. Uh, but we've got time. That's uh, true. Oh, I will shout out, particularly if you are digging up any of that coverage, uh, Perry's interview, uh, she was part of a roundtable with Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a really great, uh, fun interview that reveals kind of his personality. And some he talks about, like, growing up in a house full of women and his friendship with Brie Larson um, and his thoughts on taking on this film. And he's got a lot of that characteristic, like... I, if you've seen him in interviews, he has this sarcasm thing where he's just like, what did you like? And he's like, paycheck. <laughs> True. But then he'll turn around and give like a beautiful, sincere explanation of the art of acting. So you're like, okay, Samuel L. Jackson, you're just messing with us. I, like, I'm talking to him and James McAvoy next week, and it's going to be everything in my power to not be like, so Captain Marvel. So <laughs> like, it's going to be so hard not to just be like, Mr. Fury, please oh tell me gosh, everything. Dude, that's awesome. We've got some breaking news. Some breaking news are coming in. Take a look here. Uh, is there new trailers? What's going on? Right now, breaking news. Filling is this in Philadelphia? Oh, there's something. What? A real like criminal Reports thing. Reports of heroes and villains near Philadelphia. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so life imitating art. We're finally getting. Re- See, I was. I said like Kickass was right. We've been needing a real life supervillain. This hey, was man. coming. Phoenix Jones has been in Seattle for years. <sighs> but who's this? Philly now. Is this like the local news in Philadelphia? Oh, shit. The Horde. He's even got a supervillain name. I respect him. I respect him. I mean, he's probably doing some bad stuff. Uh, but I respect if you are him. in Philly right now, I would stay indoors. Yeah, this looks uh, rough. Actually, tweet oh, wow. us. If you know of any of this going on, like, let us know what's happening yeah, in Philadelphia. Yeah, if you have any information this about this. Like, we don't have any boots in the ground in Philadelphia because we're in California, but that looks nuts. Like, Overseer, The Horde, they've got, like, buzz names. That's incredible. Like, in a bad way. I'm not like, sure I'm right? ready for comic books to hit real life in this way. Yeah, I, it's it, a real-life supervillain superhero scenario. Is That's definitely a first. But uh, if we get heroes, I guess villains come with them. Now, do you guys think you'd be a hero or a villain? God, you'd like to think, but how would we know for sure? I feel like there's a test we could take. <laughs> ah, we could visit glasshero.orvillain.com, find out whether or not you're a hero or a villain by filling it out, and you have to do it very quickly. You don't get to think about it because that's just going to make it's you a, biased. Yeah, it's a, it's a timed test, right? So are you a hero or are you a villain? That is the question. Now, I may or may not have taken this at 2 in the morning and been a villain, and oh, I, I, you know, accept I'm, my faults. I'm oh, afraid no. to take this test because I'm afraid it's going to say I'm a villain, and that just does not jive Is it like me. Slytherin, though? You can't be sorted in if you're worried about being it? Maybe. Oh, fair enough. I, I also am a Slytherin. I'm a, uh, in all of yeah, I'm a, every I'm a test Ravenclaw, I've taken, so it doesn't matter. I've been a Slytherin like the old and the new tests. Like when they rechanged Pottermore, I've always been Slytherin and been like, <laughs> I guess that's my way in life. Um, so yeah, definitely a villain. So please go check out that quiz. Uh, tweet us and let us know if you are a hero or a villain, and we will put you on a Twitter list called Be Very Careful Villain. <laughs> Hashtag Collider one. Heroes. <laughs> we know who to avoid at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. true. <laughs> All right, but it, it, we also have some minor mutations along with the news of real heroes and villains. The minor mutations for the week. It was a first week back from the holidays, so it's a little lighter than most, which means we'll get to Twitter today, which is amazing. <laughs> also yes. news. Uh, first up. First up, we are getting our first little looks at HBO's Watchmen. We got a little tease during their presentation in the Golden Globes. We also found out this week that there was less Genki in Spider-Verse because of the use of Genki, <laughs> Ned Leeds, in Spider-Man right. Homecoming, which we'll dive into. And we have a new Gotham teaser with a little wee look at 
Batman. We also have official word that the Batwoman pilot is a go. It, I thought it was a go before, but it's so officially I. a go There's now. There's so many levels of really happening. The We're just eventually going to need to make a chart of like all the different shades of a green light. <laughs> uh, we found out in some interesting background interviews uh, that the first of the actors cast in Spider-Verse, Nicolas Cage. Where he goes, the wind follows, and the wind smells like rain. <laughs> uh, Hollywood Reporter has heard that Batman, Matt Reeves' as Batman, is officially a go in November, which we've never heard before. Well, uh, we do also, seeing of officially go in Shades of Greenlight, we knew Venom was coming back, and now we know it's coming back with its actors and with one of the writers from the first one, Kelly Marcel. And we have official casting news on Stargirl. Luke Wilson has joined the cast. This cast gets crazier every week. Stargirl's going to be insane if Owen joins and says, wow, once it is the best show of all time. <laughs> now, what of those, Sir Guest, is the most intriguing to you? Um, there are a few that I, a few of the stories that I really like. Um, the Genki thing is not surprising to me at all. Like I, I saw the character in the film and I like knew who he was, but I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't even name him, um, to avoid like confusing, uh, audiences. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good idea. Um, the Stargirl bit is, is, is interesting to me because I actually just started watching Titans on the DC Universe app. Ah, welcome. Yeah, yeah. And Strong, I was, man. It's it's interesting because like I'd heard some some mixed things about it, um, but so far I'm like a few episodes deep. I'm really liking it. I was waiting for it all to be out before I got my subscription, and I was also waiting for Young Justice Outsiders to premiere. But um, <laughs> which happened this week as well, by uh, the way. Yeah, Young Justice season three, um, and I'm I'm really liking it. So I'm I'm looking forward to the the following shows like Star Girl and Swamp Thing and things. Well, uh, I'm I'm digging into that. And yeah, the Batwoman thing. Like I definitely was also under the impression that they're like are they were already planning a series. Like they ordered. I thought they had already ordered, like, a pilot. And, and then, series, I thought. Yeah, I thought the series was already They announced that it was going to be a, like, she, she was cast yeah. with plans for they a series. They attached executive producers and writers and things. But I guess there's a, there's some distance between yeah. that and literally making a pilot. When the news broke, they, they definitely, um, it was definitely announced that the Elseworlds um, crossover on the CW shows was going to be used as a backdoor pilot. Mm -hmm. There must have just been some behind-the-scenes switcheroo um, where, like, maybe some people were like, eh, maybe we'll wait to see how it goes. Um, But I'm glad it's moving forward. You know, I watched the Elseworlds crossover, and um, she was definitely strong as Batwoman, Mm. Um, at least when she was in the suit. I really really enjoyed... I mean, the suit, the costume looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked... Gotham City and the way it looked, and they had their, um, I think it was Arkham Asylum that was yeah. in, the, yeah. in the episode. They Spoilers. went all out with that. Yeah, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> Scarecrow. The, the plants, Venom. the Easter eggs in that, what intrigued me was the Dark Knight Rises Bane, Bane mask. mask. Does that, was, that make Dark Knight canon? I'm very confused. It was definitely just a plug for fans. Like, I thought the same thing, and I was like, like I was like, I would have preferred if they used, like, a Luchador Bane mask, mm-hmm. but I get it, like, that's probably the most iconic for like the general audience the most recognizable bane mask right so they probably just threw that in um if we ever see bane in the series um then he'll probably different i i like that dc is truly i 
their TV is killing it. I'm so mm-hmm. excited for Doom Patrol. I'm so excited for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Teen Titans, uh, Titans, sorry, is is so different from a lot of superhero TV. And it's still, there are decisions in Titans that I kind of want to fight, but there's other things that are so amazing that I'm just like, I'm fascinated. I can't turn away. And yeah. like, I'm, I'm very interested that this Stargirl casting is incredible. Uh, Stargirl has just had this ridiculously great casting down the, uh, the, down the line. I got excited and cut you off in the middle of what I you know. were saying. Um, <laughs> She's very excited. Sorry. Uh, but I am excited because it, it it's bifurcating out the, the, the tonal differences. Like, I, Swamp Thing will be very dark, and I'm excited for that. Stargirl, I think, will be a little brighter, and I'm excited for that because that's very much my jam. Uh, but I, I'm fascinated by this because I guess Jeff Johns uh, created the this Stargirl and Stars and Stripe in about 20 years ago in the comics. It's his baby in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He named the character after his sister, mm-hmm. um, who unfortunately tragically died early yeah. um it's very close to him uh and has been for a long time and he gave an interview that says he based this character on luke wilson that's amazing like, 20 years ago when he moved to, to like los angeles he like watched bottle rocket and he was like that guy i'm gonna write this character and i'm only imagining him as that guy that so i did not know it's like a weird miracle if that still works after 20 years um but like it, i'm very excited we did get also just for 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 deep background nerds, uh, we got some confirmation. Remember how confused we were when they cast Joel McHale and they said he was mm. Star Spangled Kid or Starman? Like the name of one and the name of the other? Mm. It seems as if they're definitely going to com- combo those characters in together based on the description that they gave oh, for okay. this. Um, and I can see that uh, making a certain amount of sense. The idea is Luke Wilson is playing uh, the main character's stepdad, who was mm. a Golden Age sidekick, basically. Nice. Um, who. Uh, quit the game, got out of the game, but when his stepdaughter discovers his old gear, has to kind of step back into the sidekick's shoes. You can never leave the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so the rest, all those other actors you've been hearing about are the old Golden Age compatriots um, of, of this Luke Wilson character. Uh, so he should be, the, the, the emotional heart of that story is between like her kind of bonding with her stepdad and fighting with him and trying to become a hero and, and um, I'm super on board. I, I'm I really want them to figure out the international presence for DC Universe because I feel that's really holding yeah. it back. I, I tweeted that I, I just started watching Young Justice. I'm nine years late. Um, but I really want to watch season three because everybody loves it and they're so excited about it. And thank you for all the wonderful tweets I've been getting as I begin this journey. But people are really frustrated because it has a huge international fan base yeah. and they don't have a way to access it right now. So please, Titan, I know it can't be easy, but figure it out. I know Titans is dropping on Netflix international mm. territories. Um, I think like... With I think tomorrow actually I think okay. I think it's dropping in international. Excellent. Um, I'm not sure what the plans are for the rest of the shows or, or whatever, but I, I agree. I think the platform itself, the streaming service, needs an international platform or an international like distribution. Look at Aquaman's international box office. You've got the fans. Take the money. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, and that's whew, that box office. Uh, the two things I want to talk about are the Watchmen blip. Right, Ten yeah. seconds of Watchmen at the Golden Globes. Yeah. It was so short. It wasn't a trailer. It wasn't even a teaser. It was a part of a montage for HBO going look how good we are and I was enthralled I've watched that 10 seconds over and over again I love the imagery of the bright yellow masks on the officers I love seeing the world of Watchmen 20 years later like expanded I'm so glad they're not just remaking because I think Zack Snyder's Watchmen is damn near perfect I love the Watchmen books I think that you shouldn't touch things that are sacred (laughs) like that but I do books plural it's a well you have the before Watchmen there's the before Watchmen series too and the floppies are how I 
read Watchmen because I like floppies. I know you like <laughs> trades, but I believe in the individual I'm a issues. Trade as well. uh, so <laughs> the good. Watchmen books uh, I think are sacred, and I, I love that they're moving in a, in a universe of Watchmen instead of just doing Watchmen again. So that ten seconds mm-hmm. was so like, yes, I need it now, and I didn't expect to be so instantly pulled in. And I also want to talk about Matt Reeves as Batman because oh yeah, yeah. I love Matt Reeves so much. Yeah. He has done nothing but incredible material, and I really, really like Batfleck. Now I don't know if this November one we've heard he's not in. We've heard he is in. We've heard he might bookend it. We heard it's gonna be a flashback. I don't know what this movie is, but the fact that it's shooting in November, according to the latest reports, mean we should find out soon. This has been since I've been hosting the Will They, Won't They of the DC Universe. I love Batman, and I was really worried with the Batgirl, Batwoman series going. They unlocked Gotham, effectively, on TV. I was really worried they'd kept Gotham sacred. Seven years of Arrow without Gotham was very suspicious. So now that they unlocked Gotham... It was, it was not There's a... There's also a show called Gotham. Yeah. That's fair. But they, they even made a point in Elseworlds to be like, we've never done this. Yeah. yeah. So I was worried that when they unlocked that, it would mean that the movie stuff, they were going to take a back burner. So when this announced a week later, this to me gives me hope, I think. Yeah, no, DC DC has been changing their philosophy onto, uh, in regards to what they allow um, different mediums to access. Mm. Because when Arrow was announced and came out as a show they were very segregated like they were like okay we're gonna have this is basically gonna be our tv batman um and we're not gonna let like we might like throw in little references but there can't be any batman gotham superman any of this stuff Mm -hmm. um even when supergirl by the time like supergirl first came out uh again there was just like references and things but we've just hit a point where uh, all cards are on the table. Like anything is possible. Uh, they allow. I think, and I think Grant Gustin Flash and Ezra Miller Flash helped bring this to fruition. Mm-hmm. Flash of two worlds. Exactly. Aww. Like they. They. Um. I think it's really allowed them to see. Like you know, audiences aren't as dumb as you might think. Like people can understand that these are different entities. Yeah. Right. And so I'm. I'm really glad that we are able to have. Um, you know, small screen and big screen adaptations of things that we love. Like, you know, we have a Superman on the CW now and we have a Batwoman and maybe a Batman one day. Who knows? Um, and that's really awesome. So, And I think that we do live in a society where, like you said, the audiences are not confused by the fact Ezra Miller and Grant are both Flash. And I think that doing that with Batman and having Batwoman's Gotham and the movie Gotham are totally possible now. Yeah. And I really think that, I honestly, I want at least a swan song for Ben Affleck. I really think his Batman yeah. hasn't had the time to shine. So if you do a bookend bookend and you parallel the Batman Beyond story by having Batman telling a story of his early days and do, like, Court of Owls, do some amazing you know Scott Snyder stuff and have a younger Bruce Wayne like soft pilot your new Batman in but let us have at least a little Affleck like send them off proper this Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck not being Batman Superman thing is just painful because they're both so perfectly cast they're both amazing in the roles and I don't want them to just quietly like drift off like we were once your heroes yeah I know because they love the roles and it's just I think it's disrespectful and I hope it works out I won't find it disrespectful if it doesn't work out because there's just so much to juggle with this stuff. If they end up being like, all right, we have a new plan moving forward and that plan will be best served by focusing in a new universe that Matt Reeves gets to be the primary influence on, I'm going to be fine with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do enjoy both Cavill and and Affleck in the roles, but, you know, they they need to be looking to the future. They need to be looking to what's working for them right now. Uh, And, you know... Obviously, Aquaman has shown that you can take these seeds and move them forward into the direction you want in a a pretty successful way. 
but I, I would say I'm going to argue for like give the filmmakers the freedom here to make sure that it's the thing that they want to do and we will if they pull it off we will accept that as our new Batman canon and yeah. I think we will I just I would love like I'm not saying do Batman Beyond but I don't want that to be misquoted I think but I do, would do also, Batman Beyond also do also, Batman that's Beyond that's a great idea the Wachowskis doing Batman Beyond has been a childhood dream of mine since the Matrix oh dang uh, can you imagine the Wachowski sisters making Batman Beyond and like that speed racer flavor that would totally work better now why and would that, you put this in my head it, like you can see all of it I like can. it's Terry McGinnis it's in the world. It's basically Spider-Verse, but, but yeah. live action-ish. Uh, It'd be perfect, but I'm saying having an older Bruce Wayne remembering his glory days would also give us a new Batman if you wanted to keep Bruce Wayne and have a flashback and then have that be your new Bruce Wayne, but it still gives us our ending of Ben Affleck. So you're not... You, so you can have what you're saying in mind as well. I think it's possible. Yeah. And Cavill doesn't age, and neither does Superman, so you can have him forever. <laughs> yeah, DC movies um, are becoming very, like, loose Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. They're again, they're kind of changing their philosophies on how they're they're producing these, um, and it's very interesting to me to see because you know we have the the Walking Phoenix Joker movie coming soon, and um, and it just seems like their plans moving forward with their films are uh, I know it's been talked about before, but less focused on being interconnected. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think if you if Matt Reeves cast a new Batman and was just completely disconnected. I, I think I'd be totally okay with that. I mean, I, I love... I do need to know how they're planning to connect or not connect it yeah. with... Uh, with uh, it's not called Gotham City Sirens. It's called Birds of Prey. Um, <laughs> I'm a little sick, guys. Sorry. And, uh, something, uh, something, something. I need to know, Quinn. yes, yeah. the fabulous emancipation of Har- one Harley Quinn, something like that. Yeah. I want to know how the new Batman film does or doesn't tie into the planned Batgirl and definitely happening Birds of Prey films, which Mm -hmm. should be starting to film, like, right now, Mm -hmm. um, according to the earlier January rumors. Uh, Because I would like to think that there's there's either got to be a plan for how they are connected or how they're explaining to us that they're not connected. I I agree. But what's interesting is that we are... We're going to find that out, like, two or three years after they have figured this stuff out behind the scenes. And yeah. it, that's what's so interesting, because we're like, oh, they seem to now be doing this. And it's like, well, yeah, Aquaman took years to make. They had, That plan was in place. And I want to mention Aquaman is currently, according to Box Office Mojo, sitting pretty at 945 million, uh, nine, yeah, 945 million, 807,000. So by the next Whoa! show, it'll pass that billion. I'm so, so this excited. Is the last time that won't be a billion dollar movie, which is incredible. So DC, I like the restructuring and it's clearly working. I want to see how I'm really curious. Kind of give Wonder Woman more credit. It was already working. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wonder Woman. The the problem is that like Wonder Woman was followed by Justice League, which didn't have as good of a critical reception. So people, yeah, that's it's, fair. It's very like peaks and valleys uh, <laughs> for critics with DC. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm really interested to see how Aquaman's success will lead into Shazam. Um, and then how that will uh, see. I think Shazam's just its own thing. We got yeah, yeah. Some, some questions about like what does this mean for the new take of the DCU, and I don't think it means anything or anything. So I think it's just its own so film that we're going to enjoy or not enjoy, and hopefully love very much. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. My dream is for an interconnected DC film universe, yeah. right? Um, but in my opinion, like I think, save for a few of the like main cast, uh, I, I feel just start fresh. Man, I know we had some missteps at the beginning. I think just just start fresh and and really focus on on getting the characters down. And I know I, I'm kind of a broken record with this, but like, don't. There's never any real. 
when we talk about the beginning, like DC, keep zooming out. It goes back to 1978. It's a long, <laughs> long track record with a lot of hits and a lot of misses, and yeah. it's gonna keep rolling on in pretty much that same way. Their their project looks very different from Marvel's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to succeed at an interconnected, rich, beautiful superhero universe. But like, if the thing that's working right now is keeping them separate, then I guess keep going with that. Now, we've lived with Batman for a bit here. I want to talk about these two Spider-Man news stories before we get into the comic books. I love that they came out and publicly said that the reason Genki wasn't it. We touched on it as we were introducing it. But Ned Leeds in Spider-Man Homecoming is Genki. There is a comic book character called Ned Leeds. That's not him. He's Genki. And what's amazing is... I'm not sure. It could be Genki. That's fair. No one knows how to pronounce things. It's comics. Especially Doctor Strange words. Um, And the thing that I liked was in the comics, they had a Miles Morales run where they referenced that Genki used Ned Leeds as a pseudonym. The comic literally (laughs) winked at it. He he was going undercover and he told this girl his name was Ned Leeds. And I was like, oh. So the comic even referenced it. Now... In the Spider-Verse film, Genki is so important to Miles Morales going forward. I'm glad they didn't waste it and, like you were saying, confuse people. I really hope in Spider-Verse 2 we get that Miles Morales-Genki bond because I love that in the comics. I think it's really important, and it really separates Peter Parker and Miles because Miles has someone he can turn to. Peter didn't have that best friend, and I love that relationship. And having someone you can tell your Spider-Man is a really cool moment in the comics, and I think we'll get that going forward. And we had the moment happen in Spider-Verse, and that led to... I was surprised I didn't miss it more because it is such an important part of Miles' story, and it does play out very differently in the film because there are other people around to go through this process with Peter. But when part of how we learned this is that we saw some storyboards for an earlier version of the film um, where uh, Ganke's with them on the, the heist bit in the middle. And what's interesting is that when I imagine that sequence, that sequence, as we saw it in the film, like has, has no spare parts and works because of the characters who are in it. And it, like... I, I kind of can't believe how okay with it I am, where I'm just like, okay, we'll develop that relationship as we go forward. Uh, and the film was already full enough with other stuff going on uh, that I'm, I'm excited for the future of the character, but like, I, I think they made the right call. Yeah, I think it definitely worked. And you had that little button at the end, uh, at, like during the end montage with Miles' voiceover, where he's like hanging upside down from the ceiling mm-hmm. and he takes off yeah. his mask and they bump fists and there's a bubble lip pops up that says best buds it um i think it worked because there are they're establishing a lot of characters in the film um because like we know who peter is and we know pretty much who miles is but for a lot of the audience the rest of the spider people are new so (laughs) I, i think it was i agree with you i think it was a good call to um save that relationship development for a later film i agree now, speaking of comics, we've got a great pull list this week. We're going to oh, dive yes, into we the week of January 9th. Today, these comics are available on a shelf near you. And it the, is an upsettingly good week in oh, comics. It is, I was hard picked just five. <laughs> like, narrowing down this week was so hard. Yep. What's our your number, number one? Number one, I am, I've not been this <laughs> excited for a Spider Man book in so long. Tom Taylor is one of my favorite writers working hard stop. X23, X Men Red, the man is incredible. Friendly neighborhood. Well. There's so much. Friendly neighborhoods. Spider-Man number one is my pull list number one of the week. And uh, if you need some more Marvel goodness, a new Captain Marvel number one, a new jumping on point, a new author taking over. Kelly Thompson has been killing it at Marvel for the last couple years. Uh, She was Eisner nominated for the Hawkeye run she just did. She is a fabulous contributor. She's doing Rogue and Gambit. She's all over the place, and she's taking over Captain Marvel starting today. 
in the world of indie comics, Criminal, number one. I'm so proud you put this on. Criminal is such a good book. It's been gone for years. Amy's usually the indie darling, but this time, I gotta say... Indies are for everyone. They're for everyone. So I want to talk about Criminal in just a minute, but Criminal Criminal is not for kids. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of indies, uh, Die, number two, the ominously named, uh, very wonderful, terrible pun on both dice that you roll and the thing that happens at the end of your life. Uh, (laughs) Kieran Gillen's new book that is sort of goth role-playing game Jumanji Hmm. is the best way to pitch it. Beautiful painted art by Stephanie Hans. Number two, ships today. And our number five of the week is Young Justice number one. (laughs) One of my most anticipated books of the year is already out in January. This is an alternate cover, a variant featuring the lovely meme we've all seen many times before, but I loved it so much I had to include the variant. (laughs) There are like seven covers for this and they're all fabulous. They're all so good. Uh, It's written by Bendis and I love all the covers that just happen to be my favorite. Bendis taking over Young Justice excites me a lot because I think Bendis team books are like new Avengers when he took over. He's really good at teams. That dynamic really suits how his brain works. What of these uh, calls do you most? Um, for me, it's the it's definitely Tom Taylor's Spider Man. I, I also really like Tom Taylor's writing, um, and and the Young Justice book. I I'm a I'm a fan of Bendis, and um, you know for the most part, I like his writing, and uh, and I've heard like really really good things about the Young Justice book um, from people who have gotten like advanced reader mm-hmm. copies and everything. Um, I've heard one person say that it's it's better than previous runs. And better than the show Young Justice, which I find hard to believe. <laughs> um, so we will see. You know, I'm, I'm excited to read it. And um, the criminal sounds interesting. I, I actually haven't heard of this one, but I saw uh, that Ed Brubaker is, is writing it, and I'm also a fan of Brubaker. So yes, um, so yeah. if you comic book fans, you know Brubaker's work. Uh, he created the modern version of Bucky, known as Winter Soldier, with Steve Epting uh, in the pages of Captain America during a historic run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went indie, and he does his own thing. Uh, and that has been about a little over 10 years, I think, of on and off, mostly self-contained stories that he does with artistic collaborator and probably brother for life, Sean Phillips. And his work is so beautiful. Sean Phillips, it's noir, it's pulpy, it's gritty. It feels like it feels like the images that you conjure when you're reading a 10-cent dime store novel. It has huh. this amazing like grit to it that I, I hadn't seen quite done this way because it doesn't lose the comic appeal while being gritty, and sometimes that happens. And I also love Brubaker's style when he's untethered by superhero. Mm. I really love this book, and there's mm-hmm. been two volumes or three volumes before, but it's been about six years since we've had Criminal. And It's, it's come and gone in different forms, yeah. Uh, there are, I think, currently five, six volumes uh, available, but they're all minis. They're, okay, because like the number changes a lot. Um, you, I'm just going to say, you need to read uh, There's a Certain Run of Criminal. What's it called? Uh, Sins of the Innocent or something like that? Uh that may contain a sort of a pastiche on a semi-familiar world that you sometimes inhabit. Oh? I'm oh? not saying there's some uh, certain whatever state Riverdale is in-esque <laughs> characters. And it's just one storyline, but it's beautiful. Uh, and well, it I'm going to look that up now. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll talk. But <laughs> Oh, dude, I started reading Archie for the first time. Oh, really? Uh, I started with issue 700, and it's fantastic, because Nick Spencer took over, and I'm a big Nick Spencer fan. Yeah. So I jumped on... Uh, 700 yeah. 701 came out last week that book's incredible yeah <laughs> to jump into a world 700 issues and to be invested instantly i knew nothing about jughead or anyone i was just like hey, i'll give it a try i'm glad you're enamored it, it's guys incredible <laughs> just for a second there's um there's actually a blossom 
book. So for those of you who don't know, I, uh, my name is Trevor Steins. I play Jason Blossom on a show called Riverdale on the CW. And um, there's a I know that show. hey, <laughs> there's a book called Blossom Six 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 coming out soon. I think it's coming out this month, either this month or early next month. And as a lifelong comic book fan, to see like a depiction of me, <laughs> to see myself <laughs> on a comic book cover, like. I was in my uh, when I was home in Washington. I was at my local comic book shop, and like I like I got verklempt. Like I was like, <laughs> Heck yeah. I was like looking at um, like the solicitation, and I was like, that, I'm not a comic. Um, but that's that was a tangent. That was just super cool. For, that's it was amazing. Beautiful. That's yeah. a very rare moment yeah. to be a comic fan. We can talk sees... about that more after the show. But that was just amazing. For that's me. amazing. Actually, briefly before we get into Twitter questions, before we dive into our last two, uh, another book is available in the world. While we're talking about, let's keep plugging. <laughs> we're we're doing the plug now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I'm a sensitive boy, and um, I recently published my first um, poetry collection of. Uh, collection of poetry that i've i've written it's called leather and glass and um if you have any interest in poetry um then uh, you can get it on amazon i think it's a good introduction to people who who have an interest or who already like it uh like to read poetry and prose um definitely it'll just help put you in your feels a little bit you know congratulations trevor thank you thank you yeah i worked i worked really hard on um on the book i worked really closely with my artist to to commission the cover and everything and I'm just I'm really really excited about it. It's been out uh, for about a month now, and people are receiving it really well. So, like I said, if you have any interest in poetry, you can find it on Amazon. Again, it's called Leather and Glass, or the links to purchase it are in my social media bios. So, check it out. And it's very accessible. Uh, I haven't showed you video yet, but my grandma read us all books of uh, poetry from your book over Christmas. Oh, really? really <laughs> yeah. We, we all like because my grandma loves poetry, so we, my grandma's got a super sick, th- super sick Southern accent. So we all just sat around and listened to my mom. It was, that's it was amazing. Rad. That's wonderful. So yeah, Mama and the grandkids reading from Trevor's book was pretty cool for the holidays. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's so amazing. The last of our because I want to make sure we get to Twitter questions. You want to yeah. plug uh, Captain Marvel number one in there Heck, before we move yeah. on? Yeah. It is a new beginning. It is a new jumping on point. You don't need anything to jump in and read this book. It's got a million variant covers. They're all beautiful, but it doesn't matter which one you get. It's the same <laughs> book inside. Kelly Thompson uh, is going to be killing it on this. Carmen Conero is on art. Uh, it has been really fun because sometimes you see, like, Kelly Thompson is just doing amazing work. And to watch over the last several, she's been there for several years now. She's not out of nowhere. But to f- have sort of the, the chemistry of being like, right, the correct person on the correct book at the correct time. It doesn't always, it's like the stars aligning. <laughs> uh, and I'm very excited that it is out there. They're using the new origin that was established last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just rolling forward with it. And I'm, I'm really excited because if you haven't met Carol yet, a lot of you are meeting her right now. And this is a great way to do it. Just jump right in with Captain Marvel number one. And we got tweeted a few times last week. Uh, Heroes in Crisis number four came out last week. And a lot of DC fans are loving it. So I want to mention that came out last week. It didn't make our pull list. It was very close. It was number six. But Heroes in Crisis, I read, and I really think it's a really important book. I'm I'm in deep love with Heroes in Crisis. I read the first issue, and I, I, I'm curious to catch up with it. It stays intense, and I think it's really important. I think it's a book that people need to read. If you like DC at all, it's one of my favorite books yeah. on shelves. And it was last week, but I wanted to mention I read it two I've days ago. I've always loved Clayman, so. It's real yeah. good. I, yeah. I read in trade, so I'm, I'm waiting for that the story to be finished to collect it. But um, I'm a big fan of Tom King, who's Same. the writer. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, oh, I am. 
And speaking of trades, if you want blasts from the past, another thing that shipped this week that didn't make the list, uh, but that you should look into, is Marvel. Okay, they changed the way that they do big collections of classic stuff. Right now, they're calling them epic collections, and they're usually nice. thirty-five or forty bucks, and they're a big chunk of issues. Uh, and there is a new one out today called This Woman, This Warrior, who, for the history buffs, will know that that is an original tagline for Carol Danvers' first solo series. Cool. It collects the first, like, I don't know, 15, 20 issues um, of her late 70s first solo series. At, it was called Ms. Marvel at the time. Go out, find that, learn your history. <laughs> uh, you'd be proud. Last week I had an omnibus on our pull list. Oh. Uh, it was a Ben Riley omnibus. You'd be hey, proud, too. That came out last go. week. So we also have some Twitter questions this week for you guys. We're going to dive in. These questions were amazing. I'm really excited I was for very these excited about these questions. Now, first up, we've got Jason Robert Simone at Simone1. He said, do you think the DCCW shows doing Crisis on Infinite Earths this year that Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl could end up having their entire seasons devoted to that event? Hashtag Collider Heroes. Personally, I think there'll be a lot of Easter eggs leading up to that event. I think there'll be a lot of when you go back and rewatch it, like, oh, that was planting a seed for that event. I definitely think it's a big enough event that could happen, but I don't see them devoting 100% of their bandwidth to it, personally. It is fascinating because I think it's going to depend on which version of that event they are really doing. Because if it comes mid-season, it'll be one thing. Normally, these are mid-season crossovers. Mm -hmm. If it were a whole season thing, obviously, you would want them all to tie in by the end. I think that's too much. I think requiring people to do 60 episodes of television in order to follow something is probably too much. But I think you're right that there will be Easter eggs throughout. it was interesting in the crossover we just had, the pink skies were a reference to the way that they planted seeds for the original crisis, which was in the late 80s comics. Mysteriously, skies kept turning pink, Missed and they that. weren't acknowledging That's it. amazing. Uh, and that was, that was how they played it out in the comics originally as they were leading up to crisis, but mm-hmm. crisis was its own self-contained thing. And I imagine that is the model they will do, but cool idea. Yeah, no, um, I agree completely. Like, the the in the... <laughs> In the past, the crossover events for the CW shows have been largely self-contained. Um, the ramifications haven't like spread out all that much. Flashpoint had a few. I think um, EarthX had a few. But Crisis on Infinite Earths is a huge event. I, I agree. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're gonna spend or dedicate the entire season to this one event. I, I think they, it is gonna stay relatively self-contained. Um, my prediction is that they're gonna use this event as an opportunity to um, essentially collide all the worlds, you know, because um, right now Supergirl's on a different Earth and things like that, and they're going to they're gonna use this as an opportunity to bring it all into one fold in one, like, Earth Prime or Earth One. Which hilariously is exactly what the original story was designed exactly, to do. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, my prediction is that uh, instead of Barry Allen and Supergirl dying like they did in the comic books, it's going to be Green Arrow sacrificing himself to save them. I think so, too. He's um, had seven seasons, I feel like. Yeah. Also, they weirdly, they, they pulled the trigger on that beat in this past thing, yeah. and they sort of quickly put it out there and then subverted it, which is like, okay, yeah. I guess you're just getting ahead of all of our exactly. <laughs> guesses there, for what's going to happen. Because if you guys have seen the the, the Elseworlds crossover, he, Green Arrow makes a deal with the Monitor, um, and he has this speech about how basically Barry and Kara are the best of us, and that they're the ones that bring hope to people, so that's I think that's how it's going to go. But yeah, I don't think they're going to dedicate the entire season to it. Um, it'll it'll like, probably just have more ramifications than the past 
past crossovers. It'll be a bigger event going forward, but the event itself, you won't need 60 hours of lead up. Yeah, and, I, exactly. and I also think Stephen Amell's done seven seasons of Aaron, probably wants to, you know, live his life and do stuff. I'm curious um, if they're going to bring Black Lightning into the fold, because he's the only CW show that's, that's been not. very separate. So. Yeah. I could see that. I, I don't know if it'll happen because of the time. Crisis on finite Earth. Yeah. <laughs> because on some of them are not going to be three. affected by it. <laughs> I, I love that. That's a great shirt. I would buy that shirt. Um, so I, I love that question. I'm really intrigued what does happen going forward. Uh, I also know that this last season of Arrow, which I haven't gotten to watch yet because I'm on season two, um, <laughs> has basically taken a script that I loved, which was a Prison Max storyline that a Green Arrow movie was supposed to happen in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it was a Green Arrow film where he's escaping prison where all the people he locked up are in there. And it was this great script that I got to read a couple overviews of. Uh, and since they've done that, I feel like they've done a lot of the Green Arrow stories they've wanted to tell. So it'd be a good way to send Stephen Amell's Green Arrow off. And I, it also can mirror that beautiful cover. I really want to see some of that imagery. So yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Daniel Logic asks, I heard a wild, I heard a wild sweaty thought that Joaquin Phoenix is the real Joker oh. and that Jared Leto is Jason Todd who turns on him. Do you think it's plausible? Do you like it? Or should that Joker film just be a standalone experiment? Hashtag Collider Heroes. I want it to be standalone. I like the idea of DC doing uh, one-off films and evolving into a shared universe if they choose. I love Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I love Jason Momoa. I've just argued uh, Henry Cavill and, and Ben Affleck all day, but I do think that having them isolated allows for more character development to grow these characters, and then they can come together. There's a reason the movies worked out the way they did at the MCU, and I think the DC universe has all of that opportunity to do that, so I would rather the Joker movie be an Elseworld. I would rather it be what Joaquin Phoenix's Joker could be and have it completely removed. I'm also very intrigued what a Joker movie without Batman looks like. I'm also intrigued yeah. by a Scorsese 70s tone. I, I don't know what level of involvement Scorsese is, but the movie has that flavor. I want to see that. I don't necessarily need that to be the shape that DC is because I like this little pocket. I read mm -hmm. annuals. I read minis. I read the, the one-offs for a reason. If movies can start doing that, then DC will have all my money because they'll be yeah. like, oh, an opportunity to be invested for two hours without having to have a math quiz after. I just want to <laughs> live here, and I think that's a great opportunity. Opportunity. So I don't think they'll do that blend of Leto. I think they're going to be completely separate. I love the fan theory of, of Leto as Jason Todd, but I think yeah. if they do that, that should still stay in a different universe than Joaquin's. Yeah, I, I actually do uh, really like this theory, but um, I agree with you. I, th I think it's going to be separate. I don't think they're going to go that route. Um, it is interesting. I, I, I like it, like I said. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be together. I don't, or I don't think they're going to do that. But I will say that I, um, just as a little personal thing i i am really liking the way the joker film is is looking the way it's like shaping up i know we haven't gotten like a full trailer yet we've gotten like a little tease but it just and all the set photos that have been like leaked or whatever it just looks interesting mm -hmm. you know i wasn't sure how i felt about a standalone joker movie because i think the joker works best when he's playing off batman or even harley quinn but like it looks wild and cool. I'm excited. I mean, cut to me a million times being like, how does a Venom movie without Spider-Man work? And it's like, <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that it, it's, it, it should be interesting. I, I like this idea. I, I think Jared Leto would probably play a pretty rad maladjusted Jason Todd. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do like this film being standalone, let it be what it is. Uh, I think that's going to serve it better. 
yeah. but cool idea. Please keep tweeting these at us. Well, we also have Nolan Dean. What up, Nolan Dean? At Nolan Dean 27 and Jesse Glazer. They both asked much the same question. Jesse Glazer at Glazer 61. They both asked, what comic book hero should get an animated movie Spider-Verse style? I'd love a similar one for the Flash into the Speed Force. Every single speedster shows up. Reverse Flash is the main villain. Go mental. So they both asked questions akin to what animated take we'd like on a character. What do you guys think? I mean, I love the Flash idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could do amazing visual things with that. So once that got suggested, that was definitely my top choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was actually, this was, the, I think, probably one of the questions I was most excited about because it just sent my nerd brain running. You know? <laughs> I kept thinking about like the visual style of um, Spider-Verse and what characters would like function really well. Um, and I think, guys, listen to this. Kyle Rayner green lantern right because like he's, he's an artist because he's an artist right and Ooh. so it would look like they could you could just do so much with that yeah you know? like so much like of his imagination could just come into the the front with the that particular art, art style is so amazing and i also think um that this style of animation lends itself well to like younger characters so i was thinking like camilla khan um miss marvel mm. i mean i know they're like i think they're planning a live action film with her but she could work really well they haven't made that official so yeah. so get go ahead and yeah. make the animated one we got time batman beyond would look amazing and uh my my like off the wall pick is moon girl and devil dinosaur yeah. you know like yeah. i think that could be really cool yeah. <laughs> that is an like, off the wall i like that that's fantastic but it would be super fun i think so those those are my top ones but yeah like kyle rayner terry mcginnis oh i love that I yeah really kyle cool. rayner's one of my favorites of all time so yeah. i really want to see him I, I need him on screen in some way yeah. Do you have a pick i got a few okay. uh my my batman beyond is definitely in there because i miss that show so much and i think the future animated style would suit him beautifully uh, I've got a weird one, and that is I love Spider-Man Noir so much, I want to live in that universe. Okay. So I was thinking a Moon Knight, that each personality is a different animation style. Oh, that would be it. amazing. And as you live in the animation style, and he realizes his own psychosis, they bleed in. So, so animation, cool. as, the, as the story evolves, the animation starts to come into other uh, elements of the other style of animation. So you might see a single character that walks into frame that's another animated style from another part of his personality. And as these characters start to melt together and then maybe as he's moon knight it's an array of all the different animations because that's where he feels the most psychologically stable so i would have a commentary on the way we perceive the world and the way reality is shaped through us tied into the character of moon knight's instability and that his stability is when he's moon knight and therefore we can play with the gods we can play with the different characters we can play with you know the different versions of his reality by little subtle cues and then as the story develops we discover that stability for him is his alter ego taking advantage of some of the stuff that they're doing on legion that the kind of the possibilities there. That's a great call. And I and I like the black and white and then also like shades of color and it turns more color. Like you can do a lot. And also my weird one, like uh, your weird one, Lobo. Uh, I think a cosmic globe-trotting Lobo, the only way to make that character. Because he's such a weird-looking character. If you have the right voice cast and do it like in strange animation, Moon Knight's my big one, but my weird one's Lobo. Okay, I just feel like maybe just do this tricks. as a short, uh, but something yeah. from the perspective of Dupe from the X-Men. <laughs> Uh, just everything looks friggin' insane, and maybe you can't, like, it's a, a 5 to 15 minutes. Maybe you can't even understand what people are saying, but it's a dupe's eye view. I, that uh, just made me so happy. Like, my brain just, it went like Rango meets Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. My brain just, like, exploded with color. Oh, that's good. Yep. I just, I worry that, like, for Lobo and Moon Knight, like, I, I feel like those characters are, are kind of violent. Oh, for, sure. For, like, animation, but I think 
Like, I left my chair. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> like, those are awesome. I would love to see that. And I, I actually, on a different note, like, I, I wish there was more adult animation. Mm. Like, or animation catered towards um, an older audience. I think it, animation gives you such a an amazing realm to like do new and unique things that you can't do in live action that I really wish there was there was more uh, more of a mindset or a cultural mindset that it, uh, it was for all audiences and not just younger. Yeah. Have you heard of that new Netflix anthology David Fincher and Tim Lee are doing? Um, it's called I'm looking up the name right now uh, Love, Death, and Robots. No, it is no. a 18, it sounds like heavy metal but mm-hmm. animated on Netflix. 5 to 15 minute shorts that are basically from Tim Miller and David Fincher producing. They're different artists, there's different art styles but it's all adult animation and Netflix is about as broad as you get. So yeah. I think we're seeing a, a shift in yeah. what accepted animation is. So, I hope so. that helped and in, in shape my Lobo pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And for awesome. you, a dupe I know is a fantastic. I love that idea so much. <laughs> and I'll I'll keep pitching more of these as they come up. But I think it's time for the sweaty question of the Let's week. Do it. This comes to us from Sam Anderson at Get Shitty uh, on Twitter. Uh, hashtag Light of Heroes. Are there any comic characters that have been adapted to other mediums that you prefer the adapted version to the source material? And what are the reasons? And that was shitty with two D's, by the way. Yeah, yep, we're sorry. not censored here. We're it's fa- allowed. We're a family show. <laughs> I have a bunch. Okay, go. Miles yeah, Morales, I like in Spider-Verse. Uh, his Uncle Aaron lands better for me there. I, th- I saw yeah. the parallels to Uncle Ben stronger. I, I love that the power and responsibility was being irresponsible in Uncle Aaron's case, and I love the, the message that was translated through his death. Literally the same visuals. Spoilers again. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but Miles, I think... <laughs> yeah, I just ruined the movie for you. But Miles, I think, really... That's in the first act-ish. Um, shaped himself better, and I also think Iron Man is stronger with Tony Stark than he can be in the comics, and I I think that there's a reason Iron Man is being written effectively as Downey Jr. in the comics now. They yeah. saw the potential of the character. I think Stan Lee's Iron Man was great, and then I think now Iron Man is great. But there's a chunk in the middle where Iron Man like didn't know what he was. Mm. So I think that the Iron Man we've discovered through the MCU has reshaped the comics, so that in that medium's better. Uh, I also I so I'm gonna do one from each each medium because I've done animated live action. I think TV wise. I like Daredevil maybe more. I was thinking about that too. Uh, mm. And I, that, that goes without saying Punisher because I think Punisher is a 2D character in the comics and he's a 3D character in the show. Yeah. And that is a really hard thing to translate. John Bernthal's Punisher deals with domestic abuse, Stockholm Syndrome, uh, gun violence, PTSD, all the things that I wish the comic had more time to deal with. But the inherent nature of Punisher's violence can't change in the comics because then the comic couldn't keep going whereas the series has an end and the movie has an end. So you, uh, the medium suits Punisher better and it allows more vulnerability it allows us to identify with them more. So I think Punisher, Daredevil, Miles Morales, and uh, I don't remember the other one I said, but oh, Iron Man. Yeah, actually, I can't believe I didn't think about that. I, I agree. I think Punisher is easily, like, I think the Punisher series easily surpasses any Punisher run that I've read. Um, and I've, I recently got subscribed to Marvel Unlimited, so I've been catching up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, his character is, is incredibly deep in that adaptation, and I, I really. Like it. That was a great call. I can't believe I didn't think of that. My my answer it was like one of the few that I could think of because like I, I was having trouble thinking of an, an answer for this question, and I've talked about it like twice on this show already. But Young Justice, is, <laughs> I mean, if you guys haven't seen that show, it it's just got such a special place in my heart because I think that what what is amazing about Young Justice is that it just drops you into such a like right at the beginning, it drops you into such a fulfilled DC universe. Like, all the heroes are already established. I, I love the Justice League lineup that they have in, um, in like, the first and second series, uh, season of that show. 
like everything is already realized mm-hmm. you know everything is already happening and you just kind of like catch up and you you get it the more you watch it um i don't know if that means that i like it more than the source material but like the characterizations of some of like superboy and miss martian um, I don't know if this counts because he's brand new, but I'm I'm like two thirds of the way through season one right now, and mm-hmm. I'm in love with Aqualad. Aqualad. I was not, just, not in a creepy way. One. He's a teenager, but I'm character in love <laughs> yeah, with Aqualad. Uh, Calderon, um, a mix of like it's he's a new character, but he's taking on a name that already existed. But I'm mm-hmm. more in love with that version than I ever have been with another. So I yeah, might yeah. count that as my answer. Calderon was uh, created for the show, and um, and yeah, like the characterizations of of a lot of these superheroes are just uh, they're some of my favorite versions of the characters like i would rather read um a comic book about like the show's superman than that or sorry superboy than a lot of the um previous comic mm-hmm. book versions i i do really really love young justice oh and i am actually going to shout out uh, a disambiguation here because we recommended the new young justice one this week and mm-hmm. you will note that there are two different yeah. kind of young justice comics you could be reading right now one of them is exclusive to dc universe yep. and it is a digital comic that ties in with the animated version of young justice mm-hmm. that is a different lineup and a different universe from the paper version that you can get at your store this week <laughs> check them both out but just keep them separate think, in your head i think the show <laughs> tie-in is called young justice outsiders to to help clarify Separate. that a little bit, yeah. Um, but it's I've read it. it's it's pretty good. The first two issues I think are out now on DC Universe. What uh, what's your what's your uh, number one draft pick for? I was thinking. I I feel like we say this relatively often, and then I totally I, I'm not sure. Like certainly for me, I have enjoyed like. It's tough to say that I like the adapted version of the Punisher better because he's the same character. I just have taken more pleasure in watching that brought to life by an actor than I have tended to when I'm reading the stories in in comics. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy engaging with Punisher more in this medium than I have in other mediums. And that's an interesting thing to say. Like, But yeah, it's because they've drawn him so, so beautifully and complexly. There have been like morally complicated engaging punisher stories sure. in the comics but i i've always liked him best as a foil and the best use of that i've ever seen is him coming in in daredevil season two whatever that was yeah um well have you watched the punisher series um i've i've seen most of season one and i gotta catch up because season two is coming yeah it's it's like it's great they i was of the opinion when the punisher series was announced that i was like i don't know because <laughs> like like i was like i think he functions so perfectly in daredevil season two that just giving him his own show because he was so popular is um, like might not work as well. It works. Like, also, it's so good. Sometimes you make a change that you just know needs to stick forever. So I'm just going to shout out to the one none of us have said, Nick Fury. Ah. I think we're all pretty yeah. into adapted Nick Fury. He's yeah. just Nick Fury now. You know what I'm surprised you didn't say because he's my boy? You like the Deadpool movie. You don't love the Deadpool comics. Just saying. Ooh, interesting. Because right. yeah. you, you, you've said how much that perspective changed. Yeah. So, uh, so it's really interesting because we love comics here and we love comic <laughs> movies and comic TV shows. But sometimes the medium really adjusts to the thing. Yeah. And I think it's and like Heath Ledger's Joker, I like more than some comic Jokers. But mm-hmm. saying the Joker is too broad. So it definitely I can't depends begin on to, like what writer you're looking at and like artists and run and everything. So the answer is to read it all, to watch it all, to enjoy it all, <laughs> and dedicate your life to if it. You have the, the only move because that is the sweatiest answer. And speaking of which, until next week, stay sweaty. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. 
They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.